Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin is not just a place, it's a people. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast on wearecavan.com. I'm Damien Donahue. On today's show, we're going to have a brief look back over the hurlers and the season that they've had. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about ladies' football. We're going to just discuss the recent decision by Cavan County Board to not go with double fixtures at club level in the All-County Football League. We've the under-17s covered. They picked up a draw against Sligo in the first round of the Ulster League. And then we're going to be talking about the Cavan seniors and looking ahead a little bit towards the Monaghan game. So, as always, joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo Cell. Paul, a very good morning to you. You're wrapped up well. Cheers, then. Well, yeah, nippy out there. This is me in a t-shirt and you in a, a big bomber jacket and a woolly hat with a bobbin, of course. You uh, can't go without the bobbins. No, no, no. Look, it's... At the, when you're at the cutting edge of, of fashion like that like you need to wear a bobbin the only problem I have is coming in the car and it's slipping off the roof of the car but that's because your height is probably around 6 foot 1 you know and, 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 and I think I'm taller than you are <laughs> right get, let's get this out of the way let's get this out of the way yeah let's go let's go so so the, a normal a normal conversation a normal weekly conversation between myself and yourself we were debating football and one of the debates was you know midfield for Cavan yeah. And in in the middle of the debate, you while you were making your argument, sorry, there's WhatsApp going. Uh, while you were making your argument, you put in that one man was bigger than the other, and I went, "Whoa, whoa, I don't think he is." <laughs> <laughs> and and so ensued that who is the bigger man, Thomas Galligan and Paul Graham? Yeah. So you asked me to define bigger. You, you changed the argument after, a few times. No, 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 no. After, after you brought in outsiders, it was a personal WhatsApp with me <laughs> and you. And then you, you went to the outsiders of Michael Hannon and Michael Brennan. And then you, you said bigger, physically stronger, or bigger, heavier. You, you threw in, and I was going, hold on, that's not the original argument. It was bigger, man. Now, I was talking, you know. Level of maturity and and <laughs> and, and development in, in, in mental aspects. Of Walk it. away from an argument. <laughs> I actually I did think that, that, that I didn't think that Paul Graham would be bigger, but I didn't think he, there was anything really between them. You know, I I thought that he might be slightly bigger, but you know, half an inch, an inch maybe. But uh, I, I I think. But this debate did produce one of the greatest WhatsApp photos, which was. Uh, when I produced photo evidence, we couldn't get a photo of Thomas standing beside Paul, but we could get a photo of Thomas standing beside Killian Clark and Paul standing beside Killian Clark. <laughs> and hence, I text Killian Clark, what height do you do? <laughs> and he's like, what's this for? Like, Settle a bed, quick, tell me. <laughs> but y- yeah. you reckon that perspective was a play and that Killian Clark was standing a bit further back in one of the pictures. Yes. And then you posted a picture of you standing in front of your house. <laughs> And said, "Am I bigger than my house?" <laughs> <laughs> which, which was, which was a valid point. It was a valid point. I showed it to my brother, and he thought it was brilliant. Yeah. He, th- he said he felt that the argument was going your way when you pulled that one out. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a game changer. I think, I, and again, we haven't got conclusive evidence. I've 
I, we're going to have to put them back to back. We are. We're going to have to, I'm afraid. And then, somehow the argument spiralled into, well, is Killian Clark taller than? <laughs> so Killian got dragged into this by, by virtue of the picture. But um, it, it, it is, it's, it's one. I, I, I text Paul Graham, I'll say, and he told me he's, he's 6'3". I text Jimmy Galligan and he told me that Thomas is 6'4". So, well, and I, I asked Ray Galligan and he said, he reckons Thomas is 6'4", and he said Paul mightn't just be as tall as that. He was well, di- diplomatic. Well, it's well, it's could be 6'3". could be 6'3". So, Look, you stuck it up on Twitter. Let the did. people have their say. Yeah. People's vote. At that point when I was confident that I was right. Settle a bet. <laughs> Who is physically the bigger man? And then you, then you queried the use of physically. Yeah. But, but I felt it was fair. Who is physically the bigger man, Thomas Galligan or Paul Graham? The options were Thomas, Paul, or they're the same size. 141 votes. 7% said Paul. 14% said they're the same size. So so my winning, my margin there is I got 21% because you said that Thomas was bigger. So I yeah, yeah, yeah. same size or... Yes, <laughs> I'll give you that because you, you, <laughs> you originally said he was no bigger. So I'll give you that. I'll give you that 21%. Yeah. 79% went for Thomas out of 141 votes. So... And who could, who could argue with the intelligence of the listeners of the We Are Calvin podcast? Well, that's it. Like, you couldn't it. argue with them, in fairness. So I have to concede, I, I think. Although, I still would like to put them back to back and just and just put a, a measuring tape onto it. We'll, we'll do this at the pre-championship press night. Hopefully both men will be there and we'll get... I can't wait that long. We'll do it after the Monaghan game. I know you're excited boys after relegating Monaghan, but can you just stand back to back for a minute, please, <laughs> if you don't mind? And Killian, maybe you stand with your back to their back to their back. <laughs> just, yeah, it's it, it's another normal week in, in, in normal proceedings with myself and yourself. Uh, moving on to, to more serious matters, the, the Horlers, they finished their campaign with a disappointing defeat um, in in Lisbela yeah. against Fermanagh. Yeah, but heavy defeat. Did a couple of men sent off. Um, that's their league campaign over now. They will be very disappointed with that because I'd imagine they would have targeted that game, mm. having beaten Fermanagh last year. Um, I don't know what it really has happened after a great start to the league. The, the wheels seem to have come off a little bit. I know they're unlucky with players being unavailable and injuries and warm ups and things like that. But um, they'll be disappointed. But I do still think that that if they can get everyone out, that they'll have a good enough crack at the Laurie Mar Cup. But they will be disappointed with their league campaign. Is it? I, I, I suppose it's still it's a normal thing that that right. So to beat Fermanagh last year, and you know maybe last year there was a huge element of surprise. You know, Cavan actually beating somebody. You know, it, it it was it was a shock. So the element of surprise is gone from them this year. So teams are coming up with a little bit of a a, a bite on their on their teeth to get at Cavan. So you know they don't want to be bet by Cavan. Especially for man after last year, but it it kind of, I suppose it just showed that there's still a good bit of work to do, and the important thing is to keep doing it. Don't walk away from it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Because maybe we were kind of overestimating the quality that that was there last year. Because we were, we were probably putting two and two together and saying, look, this is the first year at it and had some positive results. They're obviously pretty pretty good side and mm. and they're naturally going to improve but sometimes your second year sometimes you get second season syndrome but, yeah. but um, look it's going to be very interesting to watch them in the in the Laurie Maher I know they have worked hard yeah yeah, and, and, and the important thing I think for everybody out there is to, to, to see like the Longford performance was a good performance Longford I'd be very surprised if they're not the team that's promoted you know they're, they're in the final against Sligo so 
you know, and and I, I just from talking to people, and I know very little about Horland, but from talking to people, it was always expected that Longford were the best team in the division. So Cavan put in a very good performance there. They obviously put in a good performance against Leitrim. They were just sandwiched with a bad performance against Sligo and a bad performance against Fermanagh. So they just have to have to find a little bit more consistency, but but continue working in the path that they're doing. And I think Michael and and his management team deserve huge credit again for. They're the, probably the first management team that really got a, a very well organised setup involved in Cavan Horland, which which is a huge credit to them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we watch them with interest now. Hopefully, they can they can find a little bit of improvement for the Laurie Maher. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, Cavan ladies, we're just going to discuss maybe briefly because we have a, an in-depth interview with the Cavan ladies manager James Daly, which will be broadcasting on our Patreon site on Monday um, coming. So listen in for that one. It, it's uh, he gets into into the role of Cavan ladies manager and discusses a little bit about players walking away. So it's it's worth hearing. But Cavan ladies suffered a defeat at the weekend to Waterford. It's always been very close between Cavan and Waterford in this division, but. They usually at home, Cavan usually get the advantage, but Waterford picking up the win at the weekend. Yeah, played up in Mara, very tough conditions last Sunday. Um, Cavan just got off to an awful start, they let in two or three uh, early on, and they came back pretty well. I think they got five points in a row at one stage to, to come right back into the game, but conceding three goals really over the course of the hour hurt them. Um, they have a lot of new faces in there. And players that I suppose have only been there, they remind you of the men's team a couple of years ago, players that have only been there a year or two are kind of among the more experienced players now and mm. kind of expected to lead the team. So there's a little bit of transition there. I know James Daly talked about that a lot to you, so people are going to love that interview that's coming out in a few days' time. But yeah. um, it's, there's some great insight on that. But it, it, that, that is the gist of it, that they've lost players, players have stepped away for various reasons and... Um, there's probably a little bit of transition going on there. They've been in the league final the last two years. Um, probably going to have to work it out to get to it this year. Yeah, the last three games are Kerry, uh, Wexford and who's the other game? Leash. So they need to win two of them games to to guarantee a league semi-final. So um, they'll be putting putting a huge push on to try and get their the two games out of the three are away. They're away to Kerry, away to Wexford, home to Leash. So you know, long journeys and Kerry just down from Division One. It'll be a difficult ask now for them to to get result down there. But we wish them the best of luck, and don't forget to tune into Patreon.com forward slash We Are Cavan on uh, on Monday or early next week for an exclusive interview with James Daly. Um, I just want to bring the listeners' attention to a fundraiser that St Patrick's College are running. Uh, you can be in with a chance to win a hundred euro. Their scratch card fundraiser is involving the Six Nations match, Six Nations Cup match between Wales and Ireland. So the scratch cards are three euro each or two for a fiver, um, and you can get your hands on those scratch cards. Just bring them back up the the contact details. So by calling zero uh, eight seven. Two two five four four one zero or the college at oh four nine four three six one treble eight. So get more details there. But nice little fundraiser. I think the scratch card basically reveals a a score in the game, and if you get that score or close to it or something like that, that you you get the hundred euro. Although there's six prizes. Yeah, I've heard of it before. Yeah, so it might be uh, the minute of the minute of the last goal of the game or something like that. Um, I've done I've done it before. 
uh, for on the All Ireland Hurling final, similar thing. It's a good enough. It's a good fundraiser. It keeps it keeps a good interest. It's the fact that it's the last goal keeps it interesting for you. Speaking of St. Pat's, the Brock Cup have made it to the quarterfinals this year. The beautiful thing from a Cavan point of view is they didn't play with 15 players behind the 45-metre line and, and sit in there. And they didn't play with 15 players outside of the 45-metre line and just keep possession of the ball either. The, the, the whole, and we'll not delve too heavy into it, but the whole um, Abbey St. Pat's Mahara, where do you fall on the debate? I had a hot take, Damien. It was Ooh. sizzling hot. I mean, this this take was so hot that you could you could barely touch it, and uh, I think I accumulated it in around a dozen likes for this take. So, not to be sneezed at. Yeah, well, look at a dozen likes are, are are better than no likes at all. Tell us, what's the hot take? My hot take was that in that clip that was going around, so it was Abby that was defending. I think I'm right in yes, saying, yeah. and they were playing against Simpat's Mahara. Mahara, I think there's there's a onus on Mahara. They're not completely blameless there either. They're faced up with a mass defence. They're the ones that decide to, to, to not to try and breach that defence. They're the ones that neither side is attacking there, but you can't attack if you don't have the ball. There's a team with the ball and they are not attacking. And everyone is blaming the team who set up defensively. Okay, do you do you bring it? In, it's low scoring, obviously. Yeah. Uh, painfully low score. That was so you bring it into contact, lose it, and got hit in the counter. Well, g- to give the context of the video that, that, was, that was sent, so that was in the first half. Uh, Mahara were leading a point to nil and Abbey needed to win the game to go through Pats Mahara didn't need to win they were already qualified so they had nothing to play for really Pats Mahara last year these teams met in the Cornyn Oak final is that the previous one? Mm. in the Cornyn Oak final and St. Pat's Mahara were heavy favourites, but Abbey caught them with a game plan of 15 players behind the ball and caught them on the counter-attack. So it was it was essentially Abbey going back out to do what they'd done against Pat's Mahara in the final last year, trying to execute the same, and Pat's Mahara saying, hold on, well, we don't have to engage in this game with you. So it was... I, I completely agree with you, actually. I, 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 now, Abbey are completely wrong in that situation because if... If the game evolves, that their game plan was to put 15 players inside the 45-metre line and catch them on the counter-attack, you know, not concede, but catch them on the counter-attack, then that's fine. But when the opposition don't engage and you're losing the game yeah. and you need to win the game to go through, that's you've br- got to change tactics. brainless, absolutely and brainless. The, the, uh, the funny thing was Kevin was up at the game, my brother, and he was telling me that 10 minutes to go, Dan Gordon, who's over the Abbey team, who was a fabulous footballer. Is it not, is it not Jody Gormley? Jody Gormley's head of performance. Okay. And Dan Head Gordon's of performance? Actually, yeah, the head of performance or head of PE or I, I don't know. Basically, he's over all of the teams, but okay. Dan Gordon is actually over the, the, uh, the, the Brock team in Abbey. But with 10 minutes to go, they were trailing two points to nil. And Dan Gordon then said a number of players now push out a couple of players now push out now push out and then with six minutes to go it was now full full field press up you go up the whole field so his game plan was keep it as tight as we can for as long as we can and in the last six minutes let's go and try and win it and they, they, they didn't manage it 
So it was a very tactical idea. And it's funny, last week on the podcast, I, we had this conversation. I was saying about McGrory football has gone yeah. too tactical. And that was before the game. I was saying it's... You're dead, right? Uh, like, talk about evidence proving me after the, the, after the, the event. Just, you're, you're, it's very interesting that, that he had in mind keep it as tight as we can and then try and win it in the last five minutes. That, that's an interesting... I haven't heard that being said anywhere. It's only that Kevin was at the game yeah. and saw that. But... Um, to go back to what I was saying about Mahara not attacking, you know, the the big criticism on Twitter anyway, everyone seemed to be weighing in on this, and the big criticism that most people seemed to be given was that at that age group, it's not all about winning. Football's not all about winning; it's about developing. But Mahara, they played like that because they just wanted to win as well. Why did they not actually try and try and break down that that defense? They were because they, they said we're one nil up. We we'll hang on here. We we'll win the game. So their only thing they thought about was winning as well. And I'm not for one second defending, no pun intended, uh, Abby, because I I think it's just I think it's just gone too far. Like lads, <laughs> lads, you do, you hear people saying. Uh, all youngsters will quit football. They go to soccer, rugby, and sometimes that's a bit exaggerated. They will in this case because well, that's Kevin, no, that's Kevin no crack. Kevin actually was walking out from the game, and he was telling me he he was walking out, and and two parents were having a conversation, and um, he he was involved in the conversation, but he said to them, you know, you know, one sorry, one of the parents said. You know, how, how would you encourage a lad to go out and play when, when you see that? Like, how, how do you encourage him? And he automatically presumed that the parent was Simpat's Mahara, given out about Abbey on the other end. But he was actually one of the parents of the Abbey players. So he was saying, you know, how, how can I encourage my young fella to play football when he's been asked to go in there and not touch a ball for 35 minutes or 30 minutes, probably not touch it realistically for 50 minutes, and then get into playing it 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 it's it it doesn't do the game any justice. I think the important part on it was that while Abby are are to blame for setting up the way they did, St. Pat's Mahara with nothing to play for missed an opportunity. So I'm not saying that they do stupid things with the ball and drive forward aimlessly to be turned over and caught in the counter attack, but try to probe. That was six minutes of a video. The full video was over six minutes of Pat's Mahara keeping the ball going left and going right and doing nothing with it, not trying to probe. Mm. Now that's not that's not coaching them. That's not developing them. No, not, it's not either. But um, again, as you say, Abby are, are to blame here for the most part. Yeah, Mahara kind of were set. Were Abby wanted exactly what happened? Almost only they wanted to smash and grab and win it. Whereas Mahara were confronted with this set of, of circumstances that they probably weren't expecting it to be that drastic. You know, Jim McGuinness has a lot to answer for. Now, at, at, at adult level, you look at Donegal or what Fermanagh are doing, like, and and it's not as bad as people say. People would, would have you think that Fermanagh never go forward at all. Yeah. But if you look at what they're doing at adult level, I think it's it's about about winning for the most part. If the players are happy and you're winning and you're playing within the rules and the supporters are happy to see you winning, it might be the most pretty thing to watch, but. You see it in you see it in professional sports as well. Yeah, that a team I have no problem with, I have no problem with that, no. but I do have a problem with it with fifteen year old lads. Without a doubt, without a doubt, and 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 for for Mana, I think that the the simple thing is that that tactic, that that system of bringing big numbers back, crowding out the areas, and, and catching the, the opposition on the counter. Not all teams have figured out how to to play against that. So that's why Fermanagh are doing well in Division 2, that the teams in Division 2 haven't figured it out. They go up to Division 1, that tactic doesn't work. 
Mm. You know, you, you come up against the best teams and the, and the best teams know how to break down a blanket defence. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if Fermanagh come up, can they hold their own in Division 1 with that system? I don't think they will. I don't think they will. But to, to I, I still admire them for getting up. A, a, a team of the, of the size of, or a county of the size of Fermanagh to play top-level Division 2 and winning, or getting very close to winning it... Um, I think I think they're doing very very well. I I have no problems with them at all. Well, Rory Gallagher has has come straight out and held his hands up. And he, I read recently where he was quoted saying that he says we know that there's a gulf there between us and the likes of Donegal, man for man. Yeah. And he says we need to we need to even things up so tactically and like he's he's being honest. Like Donegal, of course, of all Ireland minor finalists and under twenty one Ulster medalists and all that. For man, I don't have that. But so I can't see what would be wrong with evening it up. But it. Tomas O'Shea at the at the, at the uh, Brady's of Arva event there before Christmas that that was posted on on We yeah. Are Cavan. Tomas O'Shea actually referenced this um, defensive tactics and he talked about he talked about he he says I don't have any problem with a team playing as defensively as they want. He says I have a problem with teams that can't break them down. He said that's the pro- that's the, what's contributing to these mm-hmm. bad games. A team can set up any way they want to. Yeah. He says if if they get if teams were well enough coached and knew how to break them down, then defensive football would be on, on the way out. Because yeah. And he was right. And it is on the way out at the top level, but not, not in the other divisions. No, not just yet. Would you go as far as Kieran Donaghy? I heard him on a podcast um, calling for both teams to be, to be thrown out of the Rock Cup. He didn't say that, did he? <laughs> he did, yeah. Ah. And, and sorry, management to be... To be executed. No. <laughs> no, that's not that's not even worthy of comment. That's stupid. <laughs> Moving on. Calvin County Board made a decision um a few weeks ago. I'm not sure exactly how long ago, within the last few weeks. So the, the debate was whether to return to double fixtures. Senior game first, junior game second, on the same day, in the same location, or vice versa, as in senior game second, junior game first. But Calvin County Board have gone back to or, or have stayed with the status quo of on different days and 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 teams in different divisions. What's your what's your thoughts? I'm disappointed with that. Um, I presume this was the vote. This is the majority of the clubs who voted for this. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think the vo- I don't think the clubs voted on it. So the the clubs and the players and everything were called in for a a, a forum essentially and. I was at one of those meetings, and and in the table that I was at, um, the everybody everybody was of the same idea that let's go back to the double fixture, because as one player pointed out, that it was very unfair to ask a junior player more often than not, or even a senior player train Friday night, the juniors are out tomorrow evening, go to that game. The seniors are out Sunday. Go to that game. So you've no day off on your weekend. Yeah. You've no day to just to say, "Well, look, I'm going to go down to the coast or whatever." You have yeah. nothing. So, and and essentially that's what they've done. They've taken. They've continued with that idea that, well, look, we're going to make the players go two week, two days every weekend. I I think it's a very bad call. Yeah, I'm I'm very disappointed with that. I, like I remember playing reserve football for Hills, and it was brilliant because you'd get a good crowd there. Uh, generally for a double header, yeah. it was four people's while turning out for it, and you know if you played well, you might get asked to to, to tug out for a senior game. And that it, happen often. <laughs> happen some of my teammates. <laughs> you know, or, the, or the junior game might be second, and then the, well, you, I remember we played Shannon Gales one time, and um, they didn't have enough players. But we, we played it anyway. We played a twenty minute side game. They only had eleven, 
we loaned them two players. Yeah. And it, the game was but played. But got like, football. Got, lads got football. We were happy. I, I played with Shannon Gales that day. Right. And, and they didn't keep you. That <laughs> <laughs> was Tom Riley Mount Manager. <laughs> I was about 16 and I remember trying to keep the jersey. At the time, if you could get, a, if you could get a, an unusual jersey, you were the king of PE in the past. Like, yeah. And I remember I, I came in and I threw the Shannon Gales jersey into my bag. <laughs> so, some Shannon Gales man came in looking for it after. I had to give it back. But uh, I'll never forget, actually. I won't name him, but... I was marking a fella from Red Hills, obviously one of my own teammates, and uh, Red Hills, Red Hills juniors got a good a bit of a lead up. So I was playing for Shannon Gales, right? Yeah. So Red Hills juniors got a lead up of about two two to a point or something. And next thing, um, Shannon Gales got a goal, my team, and then I got a point, and my man said to me. T- take it easy, Fitch. They could come back to us at the end. <laughs> and I says, We have the points, like. <laughs> your, man, your man thought this was a full competitive game. And I was actually playing for Shannon Gales. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it. But again, it, it, was, it was the idea that lads. You know, I, I that, that, that was a game, Damien, that wouldn't have been played, only that it was a if, double fixture. If that was a single fixture, it wouldn't have been played. No, it wouldn't Definitely have been played. Not. And I remember growing up playing football where. You know, you'd go to the stand. You'd pull a boy out from the stand just to make up numbers. Just you'd stand in goals. We'd get a pair of boots yeah. to one of the senior players, and 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 you'd you'd make up the numbers. And lads continue to play football as a result. And I I think that what we've seen in the last few years has been a diminishing number of junior games, uh, and the evidence proves that. And yet we're staying with the status quo on it. I I don't understand the logic behind it. Yeah. It's, it's baffling for me. Because junior players. Most senior lads will probably play anyway. They're good footballers, um, and they've they've always played football. A lot of lads that get to, to get to adults adulthood and are playing reserve football or whatever. Some of them can take or leave the football. Yeah, and if it's well organised and it's not a lot of hassle, they'll play football. And they might if otherwise they probably won't play ball. You'll have smaller numbers of training, and fellas will drift away from your club in general. Then. And you end up in a situation where you're either one hundred percent committed or you're not. You're not yeah. welcome because yes, th- yeah, it's yeah. all thrown together that that oh well, listen we have to win our junior games we have to win our senior games and it's not there's nothing about participation in it you know whereas when you when you married the senior team your junior was in the same division but it was the the reserve all county football league you know it it took a little bit of the importance away from that division mm. you know and 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 don't get me wrong that's not a bad thing that's a good thing because it left it less intimidating for lads who didn't have the time or the want to train three times a week yeah you know i i, I think it's a i think it's a trick badly missed by the county board on this one unfortunately I agree. it's uh, it, it's done now there's nothing can be changed the cavan under 17s we're going to talk about just after this commercial break Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Kieran Callahan Electrical. Shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049 43 30 So they had their maiden voyage 
in uh, the Ulster League. At least called the McGuigan Cup. Um, down in Bombay on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. Started at 12 o'clock. Um, absolutely horrible conditions. I think, writing the report for you, I think the way I stated it was that there was people taking their cats in <laughs> as the ball was being thrown in down in Bombay. You know, you wouldn't put a cat out in it. It yeah. was that bad. Unbelievable, yeah. Um, but... They they started off quite well. They they looked very good. Just to give people an idea, just a flavour of of the panel. So the the, the players that played the, the team that started out was uh, Brian O'Rourke in goals. That's younger brother of uh, Gary, who's the sub goalkeeper on the county senior team. Um, Aoife McKinda at cornerback. Peter Smith. Aoife McKinda's from Cavan Gales. Peter Smith from Lavi was at fullback, and Keen Riley from Killigarry was in the other corner. The half back line was Keen Farley from Coot Hill, who played with St Aidan's in the Ulster final during the week. James McCahill from Drum Lane, and uh, number seven was Colin McKernan, aka. Scotchy from Ballyhays, middle of the field, Tiernan Madden, that's Key and Madden's younger brother. Um, and he was partnered by Nicodine McKernan, who won an Ulster uh, medal with St. Moog's during the week. Quiven McGovern, who also won an Ulster medal with St. Moog's during the week from Shannon Gales. Uh, Nicodine is from Templeport. Um, Setter half forward is Daryl McGurn from Drum Lane. Wing half forward then is Shane Tynan. He's another year to go. He's from Ballamacue, son of Michael Tynan. Corner forward and Jack Mooney from Killigarry. Um centre or sorry, full forward was Caelan O'Reilly from Mullahorn, who again is under sixteen this year. And then the other corner was Jack Tully, he's from Calvin Gales. The subs that came on were Matthew McGahan from Mullahorn, Evan Kelly from Lara, Philip Smith from Coo Hollands, Ronan Trainer from Corner Fane, Ben Mooney from Killigarry, and Cormac Brady from Arva. Not really, but it said on the programme he was from Arva. <laughs> Kieran Brady from Gowna would like that one. <laughs> but yeah, Cormac Brady from from uh, Gowna was the was the the other sub. So they they done they done well early doors, but they gave away too many frees. They kept Sligo in the game and Sligo the, seemed to have a very good free taker. Excellent. Kelly, I think, or, or Owen Smith was Owen it? Smith. Owen Smith. Yeah, very very, very good. Actually took the freeze on both left and right. Which was uh, uh, unusual, yeah. a lovely skill, and and in very very, as I say, torrential conditions. Really, he was able to still execute them against the wind and everything in the first half. So, but Cavan didn't learn. You know, they gave away too many scoreable frees early on in that first half, and they kept Sligo in a game that they should have been out of. You know, by half time, really. Yeah, um, and then then Smith got sent off. Yeah, so James McCahill and him were having kind of a running battle the whole time. Now, Smith didn't score from open play. James McCahill probably had the, definitely had the better of him from open play. And there was a bit of a running battle. And then off the ball, there was a bit of pushing and shoving and Smith overreacted and, and, and hit McCahill. So McCahill got a yellow card. Smith got a red card. But then, job done. Job done, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. But then the, the disappointing thing for the young fella, McCahill went off following tackle, went in a little bit heavy, got another yellow got card. Yellow. Didn't hold on to the advantage that he had created. And, and he did create the advantage, in fairness to him. But it was it, it came down to then the last few minutes when Sligo got a goal. Um, Cavan showed great character at that point, I have to say. Real, real character. Quiven McGovern and Nick Gada- or, uh, Matthew McGahern and... I can't think who the third player was combining for for a point or for to, to see... I think it was McGovern fouled Daryl McGorn went short with the free to Ben Mooney I think it was that was on at that stage 1-2 and then stuck it over the bar and had the opportunity to win it with another free so they're 
considering conditions and everything, they'll be they'll be probably happy enough with the draw. But I think it'll be one they look at that, that they lost the point on. They really, I think they were good enough to win the game. Mm, well, it's, it's, I suppose at least they avoided defeat. Actually, Darren McGorn is a busy weekend this weekend because he's playing in All Ireland uh, under seventy double semi final in the handball over in in um, Roscommon on Sunday. Right. So he's teaming up with Niall McMahon from Kingscourt. And we also have two more pairs, just to give them a mention. In under 15 doubles, we've got Matthew Smith uh, from Virginia and Cormac Flynn from, from Jumlain, um, both good footballers as well. Mm. And they're playing Galway. And then uh, in under 14 doubles, we've got Oliver McChrystal from Virginia and Adam McKenna from Mulla. They're playing Galway as well. So um, they're in Clare Galway. So, and, yeah, Clare Galway. So... Best of luck to all of them. Best of luck indeed, yeah. And the Cavan under 17s have a bye this weekend, and then the following weekend they play Donegal in Bally Buffet. I think it's at 12 o'clock on the 16th, Saturday the 16th. So we wish them the very best of luck, and hopefully they can pick up a win there and, and continue to progress. Um, so, final, final point on the show here we're going to be taking a look, I suppose maybe taking stock where Cavan are at now obviously we've a little bit of distance between the Tyrone defeat and and today on Thursday morning is it I know Michael Hannon writes a very interesting column this week in the Anglo Celt where he's saying it's, it's not all doom and gloom I think is the headline on it and I suppose he's right it isn't all doom and gloom but there is some doom maybe a bit of gloom the way I described it <laughs> the way I described it was you play the first half against the Gale Force Wind. You go out the second half and you get a man sent off almost straight away, which means you're basically effectively playing against the wind again in terms of yeah. the disadvantage it gives you. We played the full hour, the full 70 against the wind, you could say, against Tyrone there. Um, a man down against Tyrone is going to crucify you. At, at half time, I was scrambling around the press box uh, trying to get my laptop um, to pick up the Wi Fi so I could back Cavan. Because I did think they were eleven to two, and I thought, and Mickey Hannon agreed with me, and I and he knows a lot more than me. I, I thought that that Cavan were in a good position. That point they got just before half time. Um, yeah, with Darren McVitie. Darren McVitie, mine did really well. Set up McVitie, right. and I thought, you know, they're in a good position here. It was it was a five or six point wind. Yeah, but Tyrone won the first half by four, and won the second half by five, yeah. and and really. It was the second half was just disappointing. Like we didn't. Yeah, Tyrone are, aren't great. Like they got to an All Ireland final, but I could not see that their own team winning an All Ireland. But do you know what they are? They're efficient. Uh, they are efficient. Yeah. You know they 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 get. I think that they're getting the best out of what they have. I know people are saying that 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 Mickey Hart doesn't trust his forwards and doesn't you know give them an opportunity to express. I'm not that sure that that. He has forwards of the level of, you know, your, your Dublin's or your Kerry's. I don't think there's anybody on that Tyrone forward line that would that would go on to those two teams no, in the forwards. I agree. Um, I I I I think that maybe the more I look back on the game, it it, it was a very efficient and and ruthless game plan by Tyrone and 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 executed to almost perfection because yeah. second half playing. With the wind, Cavan and, and Tyrone obviously against it, their game plan actually excelled in those conditions. And to devise a game plan that's going to make you outscore both the opposition and the wind, it's a, it's a good game plan. See, there were, see, they were absolutely in, in no doubt whatsoever that they were going to win the game from from before the ball was thrown in because 
you know, history tells us that at senior level Tyrone beat Cavan and that's it. And we've had we've had Tyrone on the ropes lots of times where we've never beaten them. Yeah. Um in, in Donkey's years. Barra won McKenna Cup McKenna Cup but we haven't bet them in the championship since eighty three and we haven't bet them in the in the league since the nineties. Yeah. So like we have a terrible, terrible record against against Tyrone. Like they're the new bogey team. I know we bet them in twenty seventeen on under McLean, but that was the first time since the McKenna Cup final in two thousand. So, so bringing it, bringing so it, it comes on. back to the noisy neighbours now. Yeah, well, that's it. Bringing it on to the, to the noisy neighbours. So, the sixteenth in Clonus at two o'clock. Cavan have to beat Monaghan. There's no, there's no midways in between. The beautiful thing from a Cavan supporter's point of view was that Monaghan were beaten by Kerry. Oh, that was beautiful. It was. Like, it, it, it literally it lifted me. It, <laughs> I was down in the doldrums after after my night in Oma, and I was kind of saying to myself, "Oh gosh!" And and the whole way through the game, <clears throat> I watched it, it, you know, on delayed coverage without knowing the result because I just wanted to experience the euphoria of of Kerry winning <laughs> <laughs> and be able to stand on my couch jumper going, "Yes!" <laughs> but um, champion. <laughs> It, it, you shouldn't take so much pleasure in somebody else's misery, but look, I have to get pleasure somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the funny thing about it is, it's so long since we have beaten them. We, have, we think we talked about this the last uh, We haven't met them, I don't think, since 2013. Yeah, yeah, when we got, we did, when we they got promoted. In, we beat them in the McKenna Cup game, um, Okay, I think, in Breffney a couple of years ago. And I'm sorry, no, it was a draw, I think, actually, in the end up. We had been well ahead. That's right. And they came back and drew. Um yeah, so we haven't, but, but forget the McKenna Cup. Even we haven't bet them in league or championship. We've met a lot, but it's a different, it's a different sort of defeat. They've never hammered us. They've never. There's always a point or two points in it. It's it's always or a draw as it was the last time in the league. Like they're not, they're not the type of team that you're going to be going in going, oh Jesus, we can't beat them. No, and and there were times over in that period where they were just better than us. And yet yeah. they still only scraped past us. Like, That's it. Like it wasn't a thing that... Roscommon were never really much better than Cavan and yet we're always able to beat us. Yeah. Um, I Look, I think we saw a two-week break before the Roscommon game and we saw a massive improvement. And I'm hoping with a two-week break, is there a possibility, Damien, that Gerald McKernan might feature? There's, look, there's all sorts of rumours going about at the minute that, that, that all guns are going to be pulled out for this one. It doesn't matter. Darren McCabe's going to talk Darren about Darren McCabe's going to go in on the square. <laughs> Mickey Graham's going to be pointing left and going right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, look, at, I, I, I've heard that, that there's a possibility of Grode playing a part. I, I, I even heard that Cuevian, or Cuevian O'Reilly has been, uh, has been training. So, look, at, I, I'd imagine... If anything is possible for five or ten minutes, and and they think it's worth it, it'll be tried for this one. Because how how important in your head is it that Cavan stay in Division One? I think it's massive. I think it's massive um, that that we can try and get a few years in it. Like that's where Monaghan have built their whole their whole um, empire. Yeah. yeah, like as in to become one of the top teams. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and they are considered one of the top ah, teams. without a doubt. Like. Um, They've built that on maintaining their, their horrible their, kids. <laughs> maintaining their league status. Look at they beat us. If you take going back to twenty thirteen, we beat them in the league. But from the from the summer of twenty thirteen, they beat us by a point in the championship. Um, they beat us in twenty fifteen. They beat us in twenty sixteen. We drew. Oh, sorry, sorry, didn't they, they beat us in twenty seventeen? In the championship. In the championship, we drew, we drew with the them in the league. You know, it's it's been on a while, and this is the oldest yeah. derby in the in the game. 
Yeah. And do you know I think I saw a stat somewhere where Gavin and Monaghan have met in championship I'm not sure how many times, it might be a hundred times. And uh they've drawn more than any other two teams in, in the country right. in, in any in any in any fixture. Yeah. So it's always been a tight derby. Cavan drew with, with Monaghan in forty seven in the first round and went on and won the All Ireland. So it's always been tight. There's never been much between Cavan and Monaghan. It's, it's vital. It's vital for Cavan though. You think about what's coming up next year into Division One. More than likely, a Mead, Fermanagh, maybe, possibly Donegal, or you know, and and I wouldn't put. But if you had Mead, Fermanagh coming up and you stayed, you have a very good chance of staying for another year. You know, yeah. you, you'd fancy your chances in that situation. So, and not only that, you, the teams that are gone down below you are are, are teams that you. You know, they're bogey teams. So if, if Cavan stay up, it's Monaghan and Roscommon who go down. You're delighted to see the back of them for a year just so that you can build well, confidence. If we beat Monaghan, we're probably going to stay up, I think. Is yeah, well, Baron Roscommon beat either Kerry or Galway. Yeah, so let's say if Roscommon don't win any more games that we beat Monaghan, even, we if, we lose, even if we lose irrelevant. to Dublin and they Monaghan win their last game, it's irrelevant because we had them in the head-to-head. Exactly. Exactly, okay. and Roscommon go down on three points. So, like, it's still the only danger would be if if Calvin Monaghan and Roscommon were all on four, and then it would go to score difference. Yes, no, yeah. sorry, would it go to score difference there when it's yeah well, when it's when it's more than two it's it's head to head but if there's more than two teams level it goes to score difference. I suppose so. If if Roscommon got a draw in one of those games, yeah, you could be in trouble. on the realms of possibility. But yeah, I I give us a I'd give us a decent shout. Yeah, I, I think, look at, I think Cavan's time to beat Ross Common was this year. Cavan's time to beat Monaghan, I think, is this year. I, 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 think it's, I think it's time to put that one to bed and just make sure that, that the lads just start to build a bit more confidence. Because the, the more I thought about it, and, and I was talking on the other podcast about, you know, boys nearly throwing in the towel when Killian Clark went off, sometimes that's a, a symptom of lack of confidence. That it's just, well, I don't believe I'm going to win this ball, so I'm not going to go for it. I don't believe I'm going to win the game, so I'm not going to go for it. You know, and, and maybe it is a lack of confidence amongst the players. For me, that's astounding. I can't understand why these boys would have a lack of confidence. And that's from the outside looking in as a Cavan supporter. So that that's taken a while to settle into my head that maybe it is a lack of confidence mm. because they're brilliant footballers. I just mm. don't I don't understand where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. Look this, at look at it. Uh, I think we I think we're going to beat Monaghan, but anyway, we'll talk about that more next week. Yeah, exactly. Also next Jason's week, is going to get the winner. <laughs> Jail <laughs> or Jason Vidlaki? You, you said all, you said all all big guns are coming back for this one. Yeah, definitely, definitely for Jail. If he's not in in Crow Park with Leitrim, <laughs> um, don't forget, folks, on uh, next week or sorry, next week. Hopefully next week on the podcast, we're going to do on the Patreon podcast as well as James Daly's interview. We're going to be sitting out with Michael Hannon and asking him about the 10 players that, that he marked or the 10 best players that he marked. Now, to clarify this, Paul, because a few people are going to be confused, it's not the players that he loved to mark, it's the players that roasted him. <laughs> well, that's what we'd be saying to him. That's what we'd be saying to him. It's going to be the 10 best footballers he ever marked. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and I have a funny feeling he's not just going to gauge it on, on them roasting him. It might be on outside influences. Oh, this Other thing, games. This thing would be like a thesis. When we do these lists, we, <laughs> yeah. we spend two to three minutes working them out. This thing would be, would be like a doctorate. We've had to give him three weeks' notice. 
<laughs> Folks, don't forget to head on over to patreon.com where this week uh, we've done a podcast looking at the, the best from the West. Um, a team made up of players from Beltorbe, Drumlane, Kildallan, Templeport, Corla, Swanland Bar and Shannon Gales that I personally think would win a senior championship. And it's all on the back of St. Moog's winning that Ulster title. A massive, massive win for the, the Bombay School there and some great performances uh, on the way. None more so than Cuevin McGovern. So head on over to patreon.com and get a listen into that as well as the reaction podcast from Cavan Tyrone. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Carvinese, yeah! Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then the cave, and it's over the lap, and Cavan are not buried yet. Cavan doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah.